This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth. And all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design. And you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. Tony Mendez, how are you, sir? Very good. I had a pleasant Thanksgiving. I hope everybody else did as well. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing so well that I forgot to say greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. It's time for another episode of Disneyland for Designers. Uh, And I'm just excited because the first six months of the park reopening has been an interesting time where it slowly sometimes feels just like 2019. And then other times you can see that there's budgeting and cutbacks. And one of the things that made me really excited was when they did the, you know, the D23 halftime show, you know, whatever this thing's called. Uh, I'm not really sure what this event that just happened. There was Saturday before Thanksgiving, which is like such a weird date for this event to happen. Uh, but it did happen. And Josh tomorrow went out on the stage and talked about all the new projects that are happening at the park level, which is the level of the corporation that I like. I'm not really a movies guy, definitely not a merchandise guy. I hate merchandise. Uh, Spent too many years designing it to ever fully be able to enjoy it. But there was a lot of park announcements, like a lot. And, you know, some they were kind of stretching to, to, to make a headline. But overall, if you look at it, There's still a lot of money flowing, a lot of projects flowing. And as you know, one of my favorite things about the park is the Sim City nature of Disney parks and uh, the game still being played. There's still a lot going on. And keep in mind, Tony, that next year when real D23 happens, they will have to have something else to wow us. So as it was pointed out to me by an executive at the company, this is the end of the Chapik programming, or I'm sorry, This is the end of the Iger programming next fall here in Anaheim is when we'll start to see what Chapik is building with and what his vision of construction, everything looks like. Cause you know, we're still in, you know, the, the last days of the Iger uh, leadership. So it was a lot of stuff and I was excited to see some new construction and park news. Yeah. Let me ask you, I mean, we took a little bit of a break, obviously, for the holiday. Yes. Were you, were, were you chomping at the bit a little bit when you kept seeing all these headlines popping up? Or were, did you, were you like, no, I could pace myself. I'm good. I, I can wait. I can hold off. You know, they do it to me every time. If I'm at the park doing something, that's the day that there's breaking news and it would be convenient to be sitting at home where I could crank out a video. So, Tony, I actually, on this break, and partially due to this, I did a little contemplating my future the channel's future and a lot of things are going to change. And one of them is I'm not going to race to be first anymore. Like somebody else can have that race. Um, When I saw just a constant stream of Toontown videos, just one after another. And, you know, cause I subscribe to a lot of these channels. I watch a lot of my peers channels. When I just saw one Toontown announcement video after the other, I'm like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people doing the same thing and doing it quite well. Maybe I need to pull myself over to the side and, and approach it a little bit differently. So to answer your question, one part, yes, extreme frustration. Two parts, maybe it's time to recontemplate because you just can't stay on top of the news cycle. It's just so much. And Disney drops news at like five o'clock on Fridays and Saturdays before holiday weeks. I don't want to ruin my life over this stuff. I feel like the the longer we get into this uh, relationship with the Disney parks, Every year, it just seems like more and more compounding news cycles and things that happen where when I think I feel like when I first really got into it, uh, it wasn't as it wasn't like this. It was never like this. It was like, no, you got news every once in a long while and you'd be like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, now it's just a constant drip. And yeah, you got to keep your fingers on the pulse of the parks. But at the same time, got to slow down. You're not racing yet. And exactly, exactly. And You know, a lot of times people want to rush and break down the the concept art, but you don't even know the full story yet. And, uh, you know, these are all things in development. So, yeah, 
I got plans for a Toontown video. I'm in no rush to make it because it's the holidays. And I want to focus on that first because this Toontown thing's not going to happen to 2023. But I get ahead of myself because what we're going to do today is we're going to go park by park, look at the announcements that were made at D23 halftime, and then we're going to pick a couple that we want to talk about. So let's jump over to Walt Disney World, which I learned Walt Disney World is different than the Magic Kingdom. Yes, yes, Magic Kingdom is Magic Kingdom, and Disney it, World is the resort itself. So exactly. there you go. Because when you come from the Disneyland Resort and our park is called Disneyland, it's an easy mistake to, to make. But Magic Kingdom turned 50. Also, Walt Disney World turned 50, but don't get confused. Like Santa Claus and Jesus, they're two different people. Yeah, it's, it's uh, two different things, and you got to watch out when you're out there. And I guess on YouTube, too, because people will uh, point out to you (laughs) two different things. (laughs) That in the Spain Pavilion. So let's jump in. They talked about the Festival of Fantasy Parade will be returning to the Magic Kingdom. Mickey's Magical Friendship Fair, uh, a new castle forecourt show. And they also talked about there will be a new cavalcade coming to um, the Magic Kingdom. I think really... The only thing here that captures my imagination is just the fact that they can actually do shows in front of their castle. With Cinderella's castle being so epic, having that stage out front, that's a really interesting opportunity for the community of Disneyland. The hub is massive. I fell in love with that hub, as you know. Uh, that stage is is really enticing. So programming there is something that i'm really really interested in it's almost like if they turned 50 and they decided to use it for something it would have been a really really good judgment call oh it's the 50th i didn't know that's interesting (laughs) yeah no that i love that giant stage i'm really glad that it sounds like they're going to be utilizing it a little bit more and they've got some stuff going on um i was kind of skimming through these headlines and the thing that caught my eye was the uh the railroad is finally coming back. So at Disneyland, it's just, it's, it's been open this whole time, but this, their railroad out there has been closed for like probably since the beginning of the pandemic. I can't even remember, but it's been really bumming me out. Cause as most of you guys know, the vibes are on the trains. You take, 100%. you gotta take a lap. You gotta get a lap, but obviously with Tron construction, you know, a lot of refurb stuff happening. It's been just, you know, a lot of work that's been going into it. So I'm, I was very, very pleased to see that finally the Walter E. Disney railroad uh, train engine one is returning. It's back in service. So good on you, Disney world. I'm looking forward to when I go out to the park in March, riding that train. Cause a couple of things that I'm really looking forward to on their train ride is that I've walked through their main street USA train station but i didn't really get to experience it and it has like an old new york vibe like i know that it's not as big as grand central uh, station in new york city but it has a similar vibe with the way that the the roof canopy's done and the different stairwells and stuff so it has sort of that new york vibe and i'm also very excited to be able to interact with the fantasyland train depot That station looked absolutely gorgeous to me. And then something I got to see on my last day there is the way that their Rivers of America interacts with the train line. I'm very fascinated to see that. I mean, there's the train just comes up and just runs right on the edge of the river for a while and you go across a bridge. So uh, very excited to finally do my first lap on that. And it's just so different, such a different path than what we have here at Disneyland and Galaxy's Edge is is really to think for making an improved train experience in Disneyland. Going over those waterfalls on the back of the Rivers of America and over my break, my um, wife's parents were in town and we took them out to the park for their first ever Christmas visit vlog coming soon. And we caught, when we're coming around the bend there on the Rivers of America, we caught just the back of the Mark Twain. You know, and so we're on the train and the Mark Twain's just going up towards Frontierland. I'm like, it's just so epic how it all layers and frames together. So I'm looking forward to some of those layering moments out in the Magic Kingdom when I get on their railroad. Let's move over to the park that I think that I like the most out east. Let's go over to the Epcot Center where, or is it just, sorry, it's just Epcot. 
can't add the center to it. I'm, I'm, I'm a noob, Tony. I'm a noob at covering this park. It's all good. We, you know, you, you had a good time while you're out there. You get a free pass because you're new and you still have stuff to experience, man. You got all sorts of stuff. And I, ex- and I discovered the Spain pavilion that nobody had seen before until one brave explorer went around the world showcase and found Spain. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind was announced that it'll open up in summer of 2022. Uh, they gave a lot of different details about that. They showed the poster. They showed some different concept art. Um, they showed us what the queue was going to look like. They also talked about some new restaurants that were coming and that they were going to be adjusting some items with the Epcot Festival of the Arts and something that I had really been looking forward to a new statue of Walt Disney is still on the books. You know, when we saw Chapik give this speech back in, um, what was that? 19, uh, at the Anaheim convention center, you know, there was a lot of things we were wondering, are they going to go away? Obviously, you know that the big roller coaster projects are going to happen, but a thing like the statue of Walt, that's an easy thing to just slowly let disappear or, that beautiful building that was going to be a part of world showcase or I'm sorry, future world, you know, it's slender at the bottom. It goes up. It's like a pavilion with a park on top of it. I thought that that building was everything that I love about Disney design and architecture that did disappear. So for me, seeing that Walt statue still in the books, that's awesome. Yeah. I think um, if I had to pick one thing, that I was most excited for with all, obviously I think both of us are very excited about this guardians attraction. It's going to be, this is something that Imagineering Mm -hmm. has been building towards for the last 10 years or so, where we're going to see, you know, all of the new attractions, everything is going to come together and it's going to be this super thrill ride and dark ride at the same time. So super excited about guardians, but the thing that Epcot has been missing this whole time, um, I've always felt is, is the presence of Walt. Mm. So I think that by having that statue and it's a beautiful design, it is, it, it looks like it's going to be really cool. And it's, it's very subtle. It's, it's kind of uh, in a way it's like comforting. Like, I feel like it's not going to be jarring. Like he's just kind of sitting, you know, on some, on some stairs somewhere that's, you know, in Epcot. And I think that is beautiful. That's all I need. That's all I need is just his presence there. He never got to step foot in that place. This was his dream. Obviously, it turned out very different than what he had, you know, uh, was wanting. But I think that's awesome that there's a statue there uh, that that will be there. So I'm very excited about that. And I think a lot of people too, when there was not a lot of activity over the 50th anniversary, I started to hear some, you know, super fans, informed fans say, you know, are they canceling Walt? Are they trying to get away from Walt? Because I mean, the time period that he was in is grossly outdated to the time period that we live in. And uh, I think that showing, you know, this area, Dreamers Point, that's being put into Epcot and a statue of Walt, it does show that the company still has a commitment to its founder. And we also saw some of that happening with uh, announcements made over in Toontown here at Disneyland. So seeing that they are attached to him is great. Having a place called Dreamers Point, like you kind of can't lose the big picture of this was once a family-owned company that really set out to reshape the world of uh, interactive entertainment. And, you know, the theme park industry will never be the same because of their achievements. And the man used his last breath explaining to his brother what Epcot should be. And granted, they made a food court instead. But I, I do believe having him in there would be awesome. But let's not step over the lead. Probably the most anticipated thing that's being built stateside, I think is going to be Cosmic Rewind, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about if I can ride it, if I can handle it, because that intense reverse launch looks like I might just start this thing already feeling like I hate my life. But motion sickness aside, the idea of being able to be in an Omnimover and going through a ride that is perfectly curating your view, this is the Haunted Mansion meets a roller coaster meets, you know, um, a flight simulator, right? I mean, think about the three different technologies. We're using roller coaster as our track layout. We're using an uh, Omnimover type cart 
to get the perfect view. And then we're using everything that we've learned with simulators from starting with um, Star Tours, working our way over to Millennium Falcon, working our way over to the pre-show of Rise of the Resistance. It's these three magic tricks coming together in a world of characters that's very bold, very loud, very rock and roll, colorful, anything's possible. It's fast. It's funny. It's exciting. Like just a perfect blend of ideas coming together. Still wish they'd find a way to hide that show building. That thing is massive. (laughs) It's too big. It makes me happy because I'm like, okay, well, it can't be that short because that is a giant, giant box. Like, I think that we're going to get some mileage out of that thing. When we move over to Hollywood Studios, they said that uh, they will be bringing back their Fantasmic. And when Fantasmic returns, it'll have a new segment, including uh, Frozen, Aladdin, and Moana. So that was the only thing for that park. That park obviously has gotten a lot of love over the last couple of years with the Toy Story Land being put into it. That's where the East Coast Star Wars Galaxy's Edge resides. There's also a little hotel on the outer rim of uh, Hollywood Studios. I would be really um, curious. I almost said excited and I wanted to use my words properly. I'd be very curious to see what Fantasmic looks like in captivity. Because out here, Fantasmic lives out in the wild. And I absolutely adore that some genius stood in front of Riverbell Terrace with a couple of executives next to him and said, we could do the show here. And they're like, where? Here. Just pointed over at the river. What do, you, what do you mean here? Well, we'll use the island as a stage. We'll use the river as a parade route. We'll use the sidewalk and streets that we're in as seats for the amphitheater, and then we'll use the buildings up behind us to house sound, visuals, and technology. We'll, we'll just do it right here. And you know that they were like, what? We're, you mean to tell me we're going to transform the Rivers of America every night in the summer into a show that we do twice nightly? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Like, that is so crazy ambitious to come up with something like that. And Fantasmic is the best nighttime show that exists on the West Coast. So when I try to explain to people the difference between the two parks, that's one of the things that I talk about. In Disneyland, everything has to do three things or it doesn't make sense because we have a shortage of land. But over at Walt Disney World, they can just build an amphitheater and say, that's where this lives. And when I see what they use as a steamship, for the grand finale, it makes me laugh every time. It looks like a boat that I could afford. Like, it's, it's so bad. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic out there. I have yet to actually see, but I know they have that massive amphitheater. Um, they have, like, fast passes for it. I think there's like seating and stuff. So, yeah, it's its own thing. It's its own draw. Um, it has its own designated space, and I do feel like because it's got all that extra space, you know, how does it how does it stack up to Disneyland? Because yeah, Disneyland's is freewheeling, man. They just, they went for it and it's awesome. And I think because it's on the rivers of America, it's like a, a multi uh, level experience where it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm in new Orleans square, but I'm also looking at the, uh, you know, Mark Twain and it's on the rivers of America and there's Tom Sawyer Island. So it's like all those layers that make it, you know, chef's kiss where it's like this thing where, Yeah. That that version, it's just in you know, it's it's in its own spot, and I have yet to see it. Yet. So hopefully, we'll be able to check it out. And there's still people in California that are trying to get over to Pirates and Haunted Mansion and Big Thunder. Like three of the heaviest hitters all rely on the space that's being converted over into an amphitheater where people are sitting. Like whoever sold that to management is the greatest pitcher in the history of Disneyland pitches. I mean, that is like just to get people on board to like, all right, well let's run the numbers and see what it's going to cost. It's wild, man. The only thing that I can think of that's been crazier in the history of business when some maniac somewhere said, I know your football team's called the Cleveland Browns and I have been hired to create a logo for you. And here it is. It is a orange helmet with nothing on it. Like, It's so genius. The Cleveland Browns are one of the best branded teams in sports. And it's so bold and daring to be the logo is a color 
that is not the name of the team. <laughs> it's yeah. great. I, I wonder too, because I'm trying to think of Hollywood Studios setup, but I feel like Disneyland also has the added benefit of you got churros right there, you got popcorn, you got turkey legs. They're all right oh, there. Yeah. So oh, if yeah. you're you know getting a little misty eyed and you're seeing all your friends float by, you could still go, ah, oh, you know what? I could really go for right now a turkey leg. I'll see you guys. I'm gonna go head over there. Or you got that captive audience, like everybody's sitting there, they're getting bored. You know what? Those turkey legs smell good. I'm going to go get, what do you want? What do you, you guys hold my spot? What do you want? And you get the scout that goes off and, and hunts for the family and brings back the kill. Yeah. Seeing uh, Fantasmic in, in captivity, that's something that I'd be curious to see. Moving over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, uh, a park that really surprised me. I ended up liking it way more than what I thought I would. Uh, Finding Nemo, The Big Blue and Beyond, the replacement for Finding Nemo, the musical is coming to a theater. I don't know. I didn't do any shows at Animal Kingdom. I don't even know where this thing is at, at Animal Kingdom. Like, don't they also have a Finding Nemo thing over at Epcot, like on the edge of uh, Future World? Yes, they do. They have, uh, it's like a, they have an attraction, which is basically the Little Mermaid attraction where you go mm-hmm. like in the clamshell. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like a dark ride for, for Nemo. And then they also have a, it's the what's it the turtle talk with crush thing they have that mm. in there so they got like a handful of nemo attractions and then now this the show but i guess this was already an existing show yeah i'm the same way mark i don't really do a whole lot of these you know th- these are for families and kids and stuff so i don't really partake in a lot of these shows but yeah that's cool they're you know more shows are a good thing when People i get like this nemo. bracelet when I get this bracelet taken off my ankle and the judge says I can go in those shells, I'll start going to them. But for right now, I got to stay out of those buildings. Moving over to the new kid in town at the Walt Disney World Resort, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. They showed a lot. They showed more than what I thought they would. And dare I say, I think they showed too much. Because as someone who is booked to go on the Star Cruiser, I will be on the fifth ever cruise. Um. I'm not as excited as I once was because everything is looking really cartoony. And Galaxy's Edge is tactile. It has tooth in it, right? Like it's a very weathered down. Things look like they're made out of actual metals. And everything that I've seen from the hotel looks like it's made out of plastic like when i saw our boy jd smooth in the cockpit pushing some buttons i'm like oh god this doesn't even look as good as star trek like what's going on here so have i been doing this job now officially long enough to where i'm really jaded or tony did it all look a little bit less glamorous than what you had imagined let me tell you something briggy um late on me. this is this is a better you than me situation because I will be living through you. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm not spending my money at this point because, <laughs> wow, after I saw some of this stuff, I mean, I, I feel like within the last month or so, stuff had been trickling out, and I feel like everything that I would hear or see, my uh, excitement went down a little bit more because there was a moment in time where when this was announced, I was like, $5,000? I don't here i'll throw it at you whatever you want I, I will be out there just say the word and then the closer and closer we got to this thing it's just been like uh that's what it is like it's it's yeah man it's just like the that whole uh the bridge like what's up with the lighting on there it looks like a like a chuck e cheese or something like yeah it uh <laughs> it does and, look like chuck e cheese like because dude I've never seen any ship look like that inside of Star Wars. Like, what style guide are they? I mean, it looks like you're playing Oregon Trail back in the fifth grade. Like, I don't know what's going on here, man. But clearly, they didn't give Scotty Tollbridge the the budget that they did for Galaxy's Edge. Or maybe it's because we get to touch everything. It has to be more durable. But if you showed me a photo of that bridge, I would not say that looks like... Star Wars. Show me a photo of any random area of Galaxy's Edge. I'll be like that, one hundred percent looks and feels like Star Wars. Like I'm 
I'm a little bit nervous about my investment here, bud. Yeah, I mean, the rooms, they look pretty neat. And I think the the projections or the windows, whatever you want to call it, those will be cool. But I feel like they showed way too much. And when they showed the bar, especially, I just got more of the Space 220 vibes where I was like, it looks little. It looks about the same thing. Space but you 220 got, was not impressive. You got some aliens, though, Mark, and you could play Sabak. You could play with. <laughs> you're going to have a great time role playing. I know you. You're going to love it. You're going to be into the, the role playing. And then just the, the, the cherry on top, Mark, is that the real lightsaber is non retractable. It can't go back in the tube. So what? It, so like, are they gonna like, and then you're gonna like go do your thing, and then you just hand you have to hand it off to somebody else because they can't put it back in the thing, and then you you've lost that experience of getting to you know retract and extend the blade. I just I don't know, man. I'm I think I'm being super critical, but I yep. just I've this that's my vibe. I I have to say, it's one of those moments where the concept art. And the way that they told the story with Disney magic sold me on it. Like you, like when they announced the price, I'm like, that's not that bad. And with my final payment due next week, I'm like, what did I drop $1,800 on? <laughs> this is a lesson learned, Mark. I think uh, we've seen the the magic of concept art and, and the, the folly of, buying into the hype sometimes but who knows maybe maybe we're wrong maybe it's just the lighting for these specials they're you know they're trying to sell it to families whatever maybe it'll be sick i don't know but just i i do not have a good was it i've got a bad feeling about this mark yes yes uh i feel like uh it's a trap and we'll we'll see what happens but you know whatever that's the job of being a reviewer right you go in first and you tell everybody the real deal that's what you sign up for when you do this job um like space 220 it was a fine experience but once again my expectations based on the comp art and what they told us and then how it actually came together when i dreamed of going to space i didn't think the first thing i would see would be exit the word exit everywhere I looked. Like I understand safety first at Disney, but you gotta do something with those exit signs that that's all you see. And why are the astronauts in space 20 so cartoony? Like, why did they said like, it's supposed to be a real thing. And then the icing on the cake that sells it, they go with a cartoon style guide. Like why, why don't they do real looking dudes? You know what I mean? Like get some actors, Go into a green screen. They probably own one of those. Shoot some stuff. Build some models. Shoot some stuff. But I don't know, man. I know computer animation is a lot cheaper, but this is a restaurant inside of Epcot that's promising taking people to space. This is a Star Wars hotel. Like, I don't know. If I feel like I've lived in a Star Wars cartoon, I'm going to be upset because you know me. I watch everything Star Wars, but I don't watch the cartoons. I think the first move you do as soon as you get on the star cruiser is you go up to a cast member and you go, uh, where am I finding your ball pit? <laughs> Cause that's what it looks like. It looks like Chuck E. Cheese. Which way to that pizza buffet? I need to get me a couple of slices to get going. I'm hungry. All this travel into space makes a grown man hungry. Another thing that they talked about that they were excited about was project EXO where they're going to use a exoskeleton, attached to a human and, and i guess the thing that they're really excited about by using like you know a, a, something that's a little bit different than like stilts to put them up high it's essentially a low weight fast reactive uh puppeteer system where you know you're wearing something where your fists are essentially the character's elbows but in the elbows at the fist of the human fist you can you know, work all the fingers and everything. So this would give them the ability to take Thanos or the incredible Hulk and put them in an Avengers land. Um, I'm not really sure of any other character, big characters from other movies that could bring to life. Wampa Mark, the Wampa from empire strikes back. Big <laughs> white guy. He could I know you're talking around. About. I was yeah. thinking uh, the rock from Moana, they could finally have uh, him walking around the park, but this is a really cool technology. I feel like this is one of those things, though, where believe it when I see it, uh, because, you know, there's also the ability for the fully animated Mickey head, and it's very rare that they pull that out. So 
Um, it would be very cool to see them do this. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, I was there with my in-laws, as I said. The week of Thanksgiving, we were there on the Tuesday before the holiday weekend. They really loved Galaxy's Edge. It was their first time in it. And one night, they experienced Rise, Falcon, and Ogas. So they were really ready to rip. And they left, just kept saying, man, it's too bad we didn't get to see like a Stormtrooper or Chewbacca. Never saw a character the entire time wow. we were in there. And we, we put some hours in, and prime time hours, too. So... You know, Disney um, can talk a big game and get creative with characters, but they have got to commit to it. You know, they just, they have to commit. And I will give them credit. Last time, two weeks ago, when I walk, I do this new thing. When I go through Avengers Campus, I do like a character count because the land falls apart without it. I saw a lot of characters when I went through there. So they're still keeping Avengers Campus flowing. But for some reason, there's just been a big disconnect on Galaxy's Edge. Have they put out Hawkeye and Kate Bishop yet? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's cool. See, yes. that's that's what Galaxy's Edge needs. It needs a constantly rotating. It needs Hawkeye. Not, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Renner, get out there. Get on the floor with Kylo Ren. Um, yeah, no, it just needs something different just to break it up. It doesn't have to be characters. It could be aliens. Just different something. Keep them moving. Make that land feel real 100%. Let's move over to my favorite park. It's called Disneyland. Maybe you've heard of it. Been there a couple of times myself. Hope to see you there one day. They announced that the new Magic Band Plus is coming to Disneyland in 2022. Now, I'll say this, Tony. I thought I hated the idea of the Magic Band. I didn't want to wear a shackle on my on my wrist, a financial shackle where you just spend money, spend money, spend money, spend money. But... I absolutely was floored at how efficiently you can get into all four parks on the East Coast. Walking into DCA and walking into Disneyland is a logistical nightmare. And when I was on Small World, it said my name on one of the postcards because I was wearing that magic band. So if this would have got it announced before I take that trip, I would be poo-pooing all over it. I'm pretty pumped about this. I, I, and also, you know, I have my app linked over to my, my bank card. And it just puts me through a couple of different extra steps. It would just be really, really rad when I'm ripping the park to just be like pretzel, ice cream cone, water, scan it, scan it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Spirit jersey. You need a spirit jersey? It's free. It's on my wrist. You need a spirit jersey? I don't know. I'll buy everybody a spirit jersey. So I'm excited about that. What do you think about that being a, a bi-coastal thing? Finally, 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 we're getting at Disneyland. Um, I've always been into the magic bands. I think they're cool. I think they're efficient. I think they work really well for all the reasons that you just mentioned. It's super easy and convenient to get into all of the Walt Disney World parks. Um, so I really hope this uh, speeds up the process for Disneyland. Uh, this The other big announcement, too, is they're right off the bat coming out with the brand new magic band, which is going to have extra Bluetooth features and lighting. It lights up. It's got all, and that one that they're coming out with looks dope. Like it's got the original Disneyland sign on it. I'm like, I gotta get one of those. This, this is really cool. So, and I don't really splurge because I know there's a whole collector's market for magic bands. I mean, they, there's thousands and thousands. Just give me a black ones. one. That's all I need. Just give me a black one. Yeah. They usually give those for free at uh, Disney World. They give they have like five or six different colors. And if you book a vacation, you get one for free. I don't know if the Disneyland will do that. But yeah, Magic Bands are cool. I'm down with it. I can't wait for Disneyland to finally get it. I will be interested to see what these plus ones sell for because it almost seems like it's a, you know, inner park Apple Watch is kind of the vibe that I get for it. So, you know, nearly uh, not the same experience that one could get from an Apple Watch if you actually, you know, fully use your Apple watch. I think most people that use an Apple watch use like 5% of what it's capable for. Cause it's just a little bit of a tricky thing. It's not as intuitive as other Apple products. I'd be interested to see what the price point is, but definitely I'll, I'll, I will rock one of these just to make life easy. And if, if there's a magic band line or when you get to the edge there, you can just do what you do out at world. Oh man, I will crush that so hard. They also announced that Fantasmic and World of Color are set to return. That's great. We've been seeing slow signs of 
refurbishment and construction on the rivers of America. So the writing was on the wall uh, that that was going to return. And obviously, major uh, project going over at the World of Color Lagoon. I've been tracking that with my weekly video series update where we've seen them reporting concrete, putting in all kinds of new stuff on the shoreline, like a real major revamp of uh, World of Color. I don't think the show will be different, but just the infrastructure around it, which is cool because that that park, because for whatever reason, being the little brother, DCA has an early bedtime. The park closes early, man. And uh, they, they shut their food down even earlier. Like, good luck getting anything to eat after 8 o'clock in DCA. So having World of Color be a late night show there, it does such a good job of holding people in that park. You know, and at the end of that, a lot of those people will go home. It just, it, it takes some of the weight off of Disneyland, which is exactly what that show was set up to do. Well, I was out there uh, last month. Um it was depressing about the water. It is really oh, depressing. It, it, so looks, it looks grim. World of sand. World of sand. Yeah. I, and also, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I have never seen World of Color in person. So what? I got that's on my list. Yeah, and I sorry, chose you sorry, as a co-host. <laughs> what negligence on my part, <laughs> dude? You have to see it, man. It's such a great show. So good. It's a. Uh, it's awesome, man. When like. When, when the water separates and Mickey Mouse comes out of the water and he's just like waving at you and then he goes back down into it. I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing, man. It's on the list next time for sure. All right. They also showed us some things would be happening with downtown Disney uh, starting in 2022. I'll be getting into this into greater detail in uh, a series of videos that I'll be working on in the new year. But there is a big thing that I haven't really seen anybody pick up on this new project, or they showed this little slice of where the AMCA theater is at in downtown Disney. They're going to, and I had talked about this in earlier videos. Like if you take out the theater, it gives you the, 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 the bandwidth, the space to create like a cul-de-sac or like a, a T of downtown Disney where downtown Disney is like a straight line. But when you get to the end, it could be like a village of shops, you know, it could be more rounded because the AMC, the AMC theater takes up so much space. So when we learned that they're going to be crushing from Starbucks to Earl of sandwich, uh, don't worry, Tony, they're still one of my neighborhood. Uh, we're taking all of that out. That gives a really big footprint. But a similarity between this project and what we saw over at Toontown is they're really bragging about adding in green space, open space. Okay, so this new development, if you look at the comp art, there's a big grassy field there that they say is entertainment space. And when you look at what they talked about with Toontown, one of the things that they sold was um, Centennial Park and more green space for kids to play around. Now, it could partially be that they've realized that Toontown was too compartmentalized and that downtown Disney needs to have just places to hold people. That could be part of it. It could also be sort of an environmental thing. But what I see it as is when they're flirting with the city of Disneyland or <laughs> the city of Anaheim, feels like the city of Disneyland sometimes, as they're flirting with the city of Anaheim with Disneyland Ford, which you know is a massive project to sort of get better zoning laws where a piece of land doesn't have to be either entertainment theme park or parking. It can be a combination of all of those. I think this commitment in these two projects to green space, open air space is showing the city and the citizens that, Hey, give us the right to use our land, how we see fit. And we're not going to cram every inch with construction. We're going to let it breathe. We're going to make it beautiful. We're going to put green space. We're going to treat Disneyland new constructions much like you would treat a park. Give it a park-like vibe. Give it open air. Make it more environmentally friendly. So I really see these two projects and the thing that Josh really bragged about both. I'm like, Josh, you're showing your hand here. I think that green space is because, you know, they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff with Downtown Disney. I think the reason why that was the one piece of concept art that they threw out and why when they he was at the uh, 
uh, theme park convention that he really focused on that is that's where they're going with design. That's what they need to convince everybody for Disneyland Ford. Your thoughts? Um, RIP Earl Sandwich. I was super heartbroken about that. It's convenient, Mark. It's right there. It's cheap. I can walk there and I can get my Thanksgiving Day sandwich. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Also, too, more open space. Do they not realize California is like crazy hot and people are trying to find shade? Like, where am I going to have my salt and straw? It's just going to melt in my hands all over me. Like, is that what they want? They want. All right, fine. Free more free space. Great. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, that being said, I do agree with you. I think that there is a bigger play that's going to happen. And yeah. I, I've been predicting Mr. Toadland third gate for a long time now. <laughs> Obviously, that's not going to happen, but a guy can dream, right? So we'll Toad see what world. they do with it. But yeah. Yeah, I just think that it shows a um, that they're kind of trying to go for a, a different kind of vibe. And I, and I believe that when these two projects get done when they're showing comp art for future things to come, it'll just help out when they say, no, this is the new direction that we're going in where we have, you know, a more environmentally open spot. And I do agree with you. Like Toontown needs shade so bad. Downtown Disney needs shaded hangout spots. Like if you get a salt and straw while the sun's still up, good luck, bud. You you better run and gun that thing because it it's a matter of time before you've got, uh, sticky knuckles, which is something that I do not enjoy whatsoever. They also gave us a heads up that the uh, Vacation Club DVC tower that's being added onto the Disneyland Hotel is still in progress. That construction construction project's happening. It looks really nice. It, it pertains to a small amount of people that are actually DVC. Um, in a different life with a different wife, I would probably buy into the system, but I kind of already floated it. She's like, no, you're not spending money on that. That's too stupid. So I said, okay, you're you're right. And last but not least, they told us that the Main Street Electric Parade was coming back, but we already knew that it was coming back. Um, I'm so-so on that parade. Like, it's, I don't know. I If they wanted to impress me, I would have loved to have seen either Paint the Night come back or Magic Happens Returns. Uh, Main Street Electrical, it's great. It just doesn't, and it's nostalgic. But if I see it one time, that's all I need to see, and then I'll just avoid it. But if I'm a stone's throw away from Paint the Night or Magic Happens, I'm like, eh, I could kind of go for a parade cart or two. You know, like those have a lot of rewatchability for me. Main Street Electric, like if I see it once, then I'm done with it. And I did go to Walt Disney World as a young, young child. And that's one of my earliest memories is, um, what's well, it, Pete's Pete's Dragon? With that annoying little dude on top. It's like, oh, hello, I can blow bubbles. Uh, that's So I do have nostalgia for the, the OG version uh, when I wrote it back in the, or when I saw it back in the 50s when I was a child. But um, yeah. I would I would pick other parades, but just good to see parade life coming back to life. I feel like Paint the Night should not only come back, but it deserves its own um, eight hour documentary on Disney Plus because it's that good. They they so could good. they could do the Beatles with Paint the Night, <laughs> and I would totally watch it because I love that show and I love <laughs> that music. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I I don't really have the frame of reference. I mean, obviously, it's a historical parade. Uh, you know, it's everybody knows about it. It's it's beloved for a reason. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really have that frame of reference because I'm technically like pretty fairly new to the Disney scene. Um, so I'm sure like I'd be the same way where I'd probably check it out once and then I'd be like, okay, that's cool. And uh I'd probably move on. But yeah, it's I'm glad they're bringing it back. At least they're doing parades again, which is important. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. It's been fun seeing the uh Christmas fantasy parade and uh have you ever heard that song? I don't think so. No. Yeah, they they play it once during the parade. You got to really listen closely to hear the Christmas Fantasy Parade mm-hmm. song. They only play it once, and you got to really kind of listen for it because then it's not the same thing they play fifty times. Uh, over in Disneyland Paris, beautiful park. Avengers Campus will be uh, opening at their Walt Disney Studios Park this summer. I cannot tell you how bad their Hollywood studios park needs Avengers canvas. Like the area that this be is being built on was the most 
Six Flags thing I had ever seen inside the gates of a Disney park. Like it was just sad over there. Just asphalt, um, you know, Costco size buildings with like, you know, uh, bad movie signs on the side of them because everything was themed around, you know, movies, but, you know, not like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, I don't know. What's that movie where uh, there's a asteroid that's going to come and kill everybody? Armageddon? Yeah, that. Wow, wow. I think that's what it was. I think it was an Armageddon ride. I don't know. I just know that Aerosmith was involved and so then I stopped paying attention. So they need that Avengers campus really, really bad. Some of it is a looks like it's going to be a bit of a repeat what we have over here. But there's a couple of buildings that'll be really fun to see those come together. And I don't think I'll make it out to Disneyland Paris in 2022. But I could see me making my way there in 23. That is if Omnicron doesn't kill us all. They also announced... New costumes for uh, Mickey and his friends for the big anniversary they're having over there. Uh, that's not really breaking news to me, but I'm excited to see that Avengers campus come together. Yeah, I'm curious to see the the differences between Disneyland's and that one. And uh, obviously, just anytime there's a new land that opens up, it's exciting. So I think that'll be cool. But yeah, yeah, I've never been over there, so I I have like zero frame of reference for that either. I just... Beautiful park. I mean, well. Disneyland Paris is a beautiful park. The thing across the Esperanza is uh, is quite frankly a mess, like a real, real mess. And now that I've, I was kind of imagining a lot of Walt Disney World, the parks over there, kind of being like that Walt Disney Studios in Paris. Not even close. Like when people were like, "Oh, Hollywood Studios is in rough shape," I'm like, "Dude, go to Paris, man. It is. There's no Main Street." Like there's no main, you go into these giant food courts that are supposed to look like studio buildings, but it's like the biggest cop out ever to walk into like a big giant building. And then when you go through the other side, you're in the park, like the design of the park is really weird. Like it really needs that body of water. So you can actually walk it like a loop. Cause it's the way it is. It's just like a you, you know? And so you're, you either walk one way. And you hit a dead end and they got to walk all the way back or you go the other way. And you got to walk all the way back. It's a horrible design. Did uh, they, uh, I know they built that new Avengers hotel. Is that linked to the, to their, uh, Avengers campus? Do you know? I don't know that New York hotel. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's linked to the land. I mean, it's on the oh. footprint. I don't think it's linked to the land. Um, that would be sick, but I don't think the two are connected. Let's move over to the new kid on the block, Shanghai Disney Resort. They showed a little bit of stuff that's coming for their Zootopia land. I'm really intrigued at what this Zootopia land's going to look like because the concept art is really, really out there. Like out there in a way where I'm like, that looks pretty ambitious, guys. Are you really building that? Or are you pulling a Star Wars hotel uh gimmick on us so i'm i'm excited to just if anything to see what this facade looks like to see what this the actual land looks like i think uh yeah i agree and zootopia is a really really good movie i is it? really yeah it's awesome you should definitely check it out it is highly watchable um definitely one of the better disney it's a disney disney animation it's not pixar um, and it's it's really good. So when this park, when this land was announced, I was like, that piqued my interest. I was like, I think that's going to be amazing. And it seems like they're going all out. So all for it. I think uh, it's going to be rad. And I saw they they previewed some of the animatronics for it. Um, I don't think I saw any video. I just saw some like screen caps, but it's already looking great. It looks like they're halfway there. So it should be cool. Yeah, I don't really know anything about the property. I just kind of always saw them like, I don't think that's for me. But apparently it's a huge film in China, like really resonates with that audience a lot. And that's why they're going all in on it. But it's always fun to see a new land come together, especially when it's a new, new land, like not something that they've done elsewhere. I'm really wanting to get to the Shanghai Park, uh, had plans to try to do all three Asia parks in one like crazy trip obviously um something happened and i wasn't able to do that uh but that pirates that they have over there looks phenomenal 
to see that Walmart sized castle looks phenomenal. Like the hub that they built around that thing. Like there's a lot of really interesting design that's happening over there. Let's hop over to Hong Kong Disneyland where they showed us a little bit of Arendelle uh, world of frozen at Hong Kong Disneyland. So a little bit of a, a thing that people were talking about over in club 1313. When they showed the Disneyland Ford proposal, I think a lot of people that are theme park fans and not artists or designers or people that work in media, such as myself, they got a little confused when Disney said we could build things like what we're doing at Hong Kong Disneyland. They weren't saying we could build Arendelle as part of Disneyland Ford. What they were really saying is we could build things like this. And you know that this development is a really interesting project because it goes into brand new space. So you have to walk through a tunnel, like maybe a tunnel that would go under Disneyland way or a tunnel that would go through the end of Pixar pier under Disneyland way or through the end of critter country. So you walk through a tunnel and then when you get on the other side of the tunnel, there's three different areas. There is a very huge Peter Pan area. There is a huge uh, frozen zone, and then, but not Frozone. And then there is also a huge, um, what's that chick that needs the hairbrush? Chick that needs the hairbrush. You know? And at last I need a brush. Oh, from Tangled. Yes. Yeah, Tangled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they're giving the Tangled uh, woman uh, a spot to get her hairbrush. So in Disneyland Ford, they weren't seeing these are the properties. They were seeing with this zoning, we could build something like this because this land also houses a hotel in this land accessible to this area. And Tony, because it has tunnels, it would be very easy for them to have this portion of Hong Kong Disneyland only accessible to hotel guests for like magic hours or magic evenings or special parties or whatever like that. So I think when people looked at Disneyland Ford, they were looking at it from a fan's perspective of like, these are the properties we're getting. I think you should look beyond the properties. The properties don't matter. It's the mechanics of what they were pitching of, we could do new lands, housing, hotels inside of them. Currently, the way that Disneyland is zoned, they wouldn't be allowed to do this in the parking lot that it sits between the Pixar Pals Garage and the Disneyland Hotel or the parking lot that is currently the Simba lot uh, next to Paradise Pier Hotel, which when does it become Pixar Pier Hotel? Like, what are we waiting for? Put a big ball on that thing. But I just wanted to break that down because essentially what they did was they showed everybody a style guide and a style guide or a a, a mood board would be the better term. A mood board says, these are some other things that we've done. Envision us doing something like this here, not these specific properties, but this kind of a vibe, this kind of a mood. I think there needs to be like a a bricky PSA where you come out and you go, Hey kids, just because it's in the concept art doesn't mean that's what you're going to get. And knowing it's half the battle, and then you just walk away as uh, dreams are crushed because now there isn't a tangled tower. But hey, kids, stop all the downloading. <laughs> Those GI Joe PSAs are so phenomenal. Last but not least, Tony, Disney Cruise Line, two new stage shows are coming to the Disney Wish. Have you ever done a Disney Cruise? Well, I was going to say hell, but, but I think hell's okay. Hell's all right on YouTube, right? We're good. Yeah. Hell no. I have seen the Poseidon Adventure. I've seen that movie. I see what happens on cruises. Ain't happening. I, you will never see Tony Mendez on the high seas, even if it's Disney. Disney uh, can't make me feel that safe. I'm sorry, but never happening. How about you, Mark? Haven't done it. Don't think that I will. It's one thing to go to, you know, because my wife. We'll go to Disneyland because it's down the street. She has zero interest in going to world. It's one thing to like go to a Star Wars hotel with your buds or to go to some parks with your buds. 
But I don't see me in the AS going on a romantic cruise together. <laughs> like I just don't see that happening. I like, do. I could see that. Like, I think my thing is you're stuck on a boat with people you very well may not like. You know, like you're stuck with those people for the next you know week or so. And I think I would be probably miserable after a little while. Absolutely. It's uh, I've always thought of a cruise, and this is you know an idiot speaking because I've never done it. And cruise people really love cruises, but as somebody who's never did it before it always felt like going to the mall and then all of a sudden the mall just breaks off from the earth and just goes and floats for five days and i don't know that i want to be in the mall for five days with a bunch of strangers i love being in the mall but i don't know if i want to be there for five days but when i do the halcyon i'll be able to tell you how i like disney cruises as i go on a cartoon ship to space Tony, they should, what, what they should really market they should really market it as a cartoon ship to space i think that is the perfect marketing uh man they've got that thing on lock it's been it's like it's been sold out forever it's like for the all of next year like you're one of the first lucky people that gets to go don't be down on your cartoon cruise mark you're gonna have a great time it's gonna be jar jar binks is probably gonna pop up at some point and serve you some food and it's gonna be great Misa's so happy, Annie. I get to go on a cruiser. Yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm still excited to go. I'm not asking for a refund. It's just, man, they show yeah, too much. Don't forget you're still going to Disney World. Like that is oh, yeah, part of yeah. it. Well, I'm gonna rip the park beforehand. So I'll do some park days ahead of time in my trip on the Halcyon, hightail it back to California so that I can put together whatever video I did. And as I've always promised, when I do the the cruise, I'm going to record a radio play. Uh, Cause I really want to commit to the role playing, even though I hate role playing, I hate games, I hate any of that stuff, but Disney gave a challenge. You can go on this cruise and you can live your star Wars fantasy. I'm going to take them up on that challenge. I'm going to commit myself to being a character. I'm going to commit myself to the art of role play and I'm going to record a radio play narrated by me, voiceover by me, get a couple of buds to do a couple of other voices that I need. You'll hear star Wars sounds in there. Like it will be hitting play, listening to a play and it will uh, be exactly what happens. Like how do they let me live my star Wars fantasy and if going to Batu isn't to be a part of a quest, we just get to go there and build droids. I will put that in the radio play. Yeah, I think uh, that's the thing is that I feel like they've shown a lot in terms of the actual ship itself, the interior, but there's still a lot we don't know about the actual mechanics of this trip. Like we still don't know, like, are they going to make you put away your phone? Like, are they going to confiscate it? Are they going to, are you going to be able to record? Are you going to be able to, you know, Snapchat and text people while you're doing it? What's the clothing situation? Cause that was a big thing was like, you'll, you'll basically be turning in your clothes and putting on star Wars clothes and you're going to be fitted and you're going to be a character. So there are so many different things that we still don't know yet. So we're getting down on it, but I feel like, there's still a lot we don't know, uh, and I'm curious to see where you can take it, Mark. So, kudos. I mean, I'm so excited to do it. I, I and I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. I, I just there is a noticeable difference in how this stuff looks versus Galaxy's Edge. And dummy me, I thought I was going on a cruise that looked more like Galaxy's Edge and less like Star Tours. Oh, that is a very good analogy. Yep. No, no further mm-hmm. questions, Jorana. <laughs> All right. What do you say we go do some bonus content for our members over at club1313.com? Let us know in the comments below. What are you excited about these announcements? Are there things that you're pumped up for? Am I overreacting? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Tell me. Have I just gotten jaded and I'm already poo-pooing the uh, Star Wars Hotel even though I haven't been there yet? I'm just just calling it as a designer's eye, calling it from an artistic, uh, thematically, fun-wise, who knows? Could be the greatest thing I ever do. But looking at it from an artistic way, it's not up to what I was imagining. You should be counting your blessings that you are among one of the first people that is going to get to go 
into space on a star cruiser, Mark. I mean, that's like uh, Jeff Bezos is charging people $25 million. You, yeah. you got in cheap. You got it on the ground floor cheap, Mark. Yeah. Remove some zeros, and that's what I paid. All right. Let's get into some bonus content. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, we will be back again next week for, I believe, maybe our final episode of the year as the holiday break is coming up upon us. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of Disneyland for Designers. If you could, please subscribe to the channel, leave a comment below, and give this video a thumbs up. Tony, let's hop into the clubhouse and do a little Club 1313 content. Let's talk about Hawkeye. Want to give a review of that. Want to talk about what is happening with Splash Mountain. And I want to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Because last week somebody said, Bricky, you've got to let your co-host talk. So I'm going to let you talk the entire bonus content. And I'm just going to sit here and count my money. Yeah, this is the Tony Mendez show now. Um, so thank you all for joining the Tony Mendez hour. Uh, we're just going to go crazy and talk about whatever I feel like. If I feel like talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, that's that's what we're going to do, guys. So <laughs> I, I hope that's what you wanted. I hope that's what you wanted, YouTubers. Hey, no. she asked for it. That's what she's getting. All right. We will see you next week with another episode of Disneyland for Designers.